This is Cole Zerman, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Warren, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Coonan in studio. We'll have an update from Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor as well. It is snowing in southwestern and south-central South Dakota this morning. The system is expected to expand into eastern South Dakota and southern Minnesota this afternoon and tonight. Southeastern South Dakota and southern Minnesota are expected to receive three to seven inches of new snow. There are other parts of the region that may see patchy fog and freezing drizzle this morning. Temps are expected to moderate heading into the weekend before colder conditions set in at the end of the month. Well, cash basis bids at the six regional grain elevators, followed by the Red River Farm Network, remain mostly unchanged from last week for nearby delivery. Spring wheat basis ranges from 5 to 40 under the Minneapolis March Futures contract. Corn bids range from 25 to 30 under the March Futures, and soybean basis range from 15 to 70 under the March contract. The South Dakota Public Utilities Commission has had extensive discussions with the grain buying industry in recent months. A proposal was made that would require grain buyers to report any alleged financial wrongdoing. According to PUC Commissioner Chris Nelson, the grain industry wants the regulatory agency to address these issues during the inspection process. Personally, I'm not convinced that that's going to do what we need, but I'm willing to try it for a year and see if we can, in fact, get the information we need through our inspections uh, in a timely manner. Um, and so uh, we're going to accept the industry suggestion to give that a shot for a year. If it works, great. If it doesn't, Mr. Chairman, we'll probably be back a year from now with a very similar bill. Nelson was asked if the Public Utilities Commission can expect honest answers from someone involved in criminal behavior. Obviously, in order to get these questions answered, we're going to have to talk to the general manager. We're going to have to talk to the person that is absolutely in charge of the operation. Now, if that's the person that is conducting the embezzlement, we're probably not going to get a straight answer. But in uh, some of the circumstances that we have worked with, it's not the top person that's conducted the embezzlement. It's the bookkeeper, it's the accountant, it's somebody underneath. The Senate Ag Committee unanimously agreed to table that bill. A new report from S&P Commodity Insights suggests fertilizer prices will likely remain steady going into the spring season. After a disappointing fall application season, there is more than adequate supplies of phosphate and potash for this spring. Winter fill programs for ammonia fertilizers were announced and prices reset lower at the end of the year. After reaching a rec near, near record highs in early 2022, urea prices declined and remained flat since August. UAN values have declined due to a drop in nitrogen prices in the United States and globally. The International Energy Agency is forecasting record oil demand this year. The demand is linked to China's reopening of its economy following COVID-related shutdowns. The IEA now expects oil demand to total 1.9 million barrels per day. 
That's up nearly 200,000 barrels per day from the previous forecast. The wheels are turning toward a bison export market in Japan. American Bison Association Executive Director Jim Matheson says members of their organization have been seeking new markets. We are a, a relatively small sector of American agriculture. and We processed about 75,000 head of bison last year here in the U.S., which was a record year for us. Um, that said, you know, we, we do have members in our association that are seeking to export actively to Japan. At the same time, we have folks in Japan that are seeking bison imports. Uh, so we're trying to connect those folks, of course, and, and show the governments of both U.S. and Japan that there is significant demand there. There's virtually no competition for bison from these other countries. You know, bison is uniquely American. Literally all the product you'll see in the marketplace uh, was born and raised in North America. Matheson says steps toward building a relationship with Japan has been in the works for years, but recently gained new strides. We've been lobbying Japan for access for, for bison imports for some time now, working with the foreign ag service primarily. And so happened that when we were in D.C. in September for our fly-in, we were sitting with down with the foreign ag service, and they let us know that there's a Japanese delegation uh, that was coming to Colorado in December. They expressed interest to tour a bison processing plant, uh, which as I understand it is, is kind of the first step for their consideration of, of opening up for our products. So we met up at Brush Meat Processors uh, in Brush, Colorado and had a great tour of the, the bison slaughter facility there in Brush. The North American Bison Winter Conference begins today in Denver. This is the Red River Farm Network. Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. The amount of nutrients in forages plays a large role in cow health. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. NDSU Extension Forage Crop Specialist James Rogers says beef cows need to be supplied with massive amounts of nutrients to meet requirements for field growth, maintenance, digestion, and other functions. From a beef cow standpoint, the amount of calories that she needs is huge. So she might go from the middle third of, of pregnancy requiring, say, 9, 10 million calories per day just for maintenance up to like 12 million calories per day when she gets into the last one-third of pregnancy. And that's, that's something that we have to supply to that animal every day. And, and that's, a, that's a big number, but I think it kind of gives you a perspective of just how important getting the right amount of energy into those beef cows is required. Roger says the early snowstorm set producers back in forage quantity. Well, what we're hearing is that uh, because winter kind of came a little bit early and, and very strongly to the region, that a lot of producers are burning through a lot of their hay reserves, which is, which is concerning because uh, we think about being out on grass maybe in May, so we're still maybe five months away from grass, and that's a long time to be feeding, especially if we're short now on, on hay supplies. So that's another reason that if you haven't tested your forages, to get them tested now, because that can help you allocate forages based on quality. Reporting Agriculture's Business. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. World Food Program USA Senior Director of Public Policy Chase Sava says geopolitical changes have made food supplies weaker. 
The Russia-Ukraine conflict locked up grain resources for the World Food Program until agreements in the Black Sea Grain Initiative were reached. Prior to the war, the World Food Program was buying about 40% of our wheat from Ukraine. It's a major breadbasket. Since the conflict there and Russia's invasion, a lot of the resources and grain that the Ukraine was typically exporting was locked up in port uh, and that wasn't able to move through the Black Sea. So now with the Black Sea Grain Initiative, we are moving some product out of Russia again. It's helping to put some downward pressure on food prices, and it's allowing the World Food Program to reach uh, many millions of people with commodity assistance out of Ukraine. So Ukraine was a crisis on two fronts, both for the people living there and because hunger had metastasized to so many other parts of the world as a result of the events in Ukraine. The new Brazilian agriculture minister said planted acreage can expand by 5% per year for multiple years without impacting rainforests. In an interview with Reuters, Carlos Favro said Brazil has 150 million hectares of pasture land that could be suitable for crop production. The Minnesota Department of Agriculture has released its interactive vulnerable groundwater map. Much of northwest Minnesota is excluded due to the climate. The application of nitrogen fertilizer on cropland in the fall or on frozen soils is restricted in vulnerable groundwater areas. This map is available on the Department of Agriculture's website. Speaking at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, Nutrien President and CEO Ken Seitz said fertilizer prices will remain volatile this year. Russia and Belarus are the two largest producers of potash in the world, but their exports declined significantly in 2022. Seitz does not expect that to change in the year ahead. Nitrogen prices are also being influenced by the swings in the energy market. Calix and Cebus are merging. Calix is a plant-based synthetic biology company, and Cebus is involved in pre precision gene editing in agriculture. Cebus is developing three traits. One is pod shatter reduction traits in canola, and two herbicide-resistant traits in rice production. These traits are expected to move into commercialization early this year. A reminder, the Min Ag Expo is going on today and tomorrow in Mankato. Uh, the Red River Farm Network will be reporting from that event. And Precision Planting has its winter conference. They'll have video links around the country, including Grand Forks. And we'll be broadcasting from the Grand Forks location, thanks to Premium Ag Solutions of Hinderdahl, Minnesota. This is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Min Ag Expo begins today in Mankato. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman will be broadcasting from the event and has this preview. A charter bus of Minnesota corn and soybean growers stopped along the route from Red Lake Falls to Mankato on their way to the Minnesota Ag Expo that begins today. Annual meetings for both the Minnesota Corn Growers Association and the Minnesota Soybean Growers Associations take place during the Expo. Norman County Corn and Soybean Growers President Corey Hansen says he looks forward to resolutions discussions each year. Corn might be more interested in E88 and E15 where beans are pushing the biodiesel legislatively. I know the, the beans are going to be trying to get money uh, to update and get the pork ready at Duluth to ship uh, containers of beans out to Europe, United Kingdom and other places on the Great Lakes. 
the northeast part of the United States still heats a lot of heating oil. New York is very dependent on biodiesel. And if we can take northern beans and ship them by water and get them to them crushed plants cheaper than they can get beans out of Ohio or the I states over there on a train, you know, we'll, we'll try to do it. Hansen also says the bus trip to Minag Expo has been a tradition for northwest Minnesota for a decade. About 10 years ago, there was a, when a lot of the counties got organized up in the northwest, Minnesota Soybean sat down and said, hey, I think to get participation from that area, we should start or have a bus come down. And it says, gauge the interest. Well, the first few years, there was a bus that drove to Mankato from each quadrant of the state of Minnesota. And today, uh, 10 years later, the bus from the northwest is the only one that still is being used and supported. They pick up Red Lake Falls, Fertile, Ada, Fergus Falls, Osakis, and Alexandria. And we continue to use ours today and fill it up with 30 to 32 people. Reporting for the Red River Farm Network at the Minag Expo, I'm Whitney Pittman. Checking those markets, we have Minneapolis wheat unchanged for March, 916 the quote, July a half penny higher. Chicago wheat for March, 756 and a quarter, four and a half higher. And hard red winter wheat for March, a seven and a quarter cent gain. For corn, we're narrowly mixed. March, three quarters of a cent higher at 686, the new crop contract down a half penny. March soybeans, steady. 1539 and three quarters, July down by two cents. As we check in on the farm calendar, plenty happening at uh, this time of year. Uh, nationally, the American Sheep Industry Association has its annual convention going on. That's going on in Texas. In Bismarck today, starting uh, at noon, they'll have the uh, Minnesota, I should say the North Dakota Dairy Convention, their 55th annual. That's going on at the Ramada in Bismarck. Uh, we mentioned the Precision Planting Winter Conference uh, going on. Uh, again, we will be broadcasting from the Grand Forks site uh, later today as well. Bean Day is coming up this week, Friday. That's the uh, annual meeting of the North Harvest Bean Growers Association. Plenty of speakers on uh, their lineup as well. Again, that is Friday in Fargo. And South Dakota Corn has its annual conference that will be held Saturday in Sioux Falls. Have a great day. This is the Red River Farm Network.